Welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast for Tuesday, April 20, 420, right? 2021. Hope your week off is a week off. I hope your week is off to a great start. And if you want to come see comedy, tonight in Virginia Highland, there is a banger of a show that I am hosting with some terrific comics, including Hank Denson, closing it out. You do not want to miss it. Actually, I don't, you do not want to miss it. Sounds, I, I'm not trying to sell you. If I say like, you're not going to want to miss this, bro. It sounds a little like I'm trying to sell you on it. Uh, and I'm not trying to. I, what I would like to do is just tell you it's going to be a great show and leave you to your own devices to come see it or not. Because I don't want to, I don't want to sell anything other than my soul, my values, and my lemonade. It's a free comedy show in Virginia Highland. How great is that? And also, it starts at 9 p.m. 9 p.m. We had a 9 o'clock start last week. It was terrific. I don't know what we were doing all the, all this 10 to 11.30 and then starting lightning round at midnight. Silly. We were younger then before COVID. So I will be at Limerick tonight as I am every Tuesday night. And this weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 2, 22, 3, and 4, I'll be at Laughing Skull Lounge. Next week, I'm featuring at the Punchline for Jackie Fabulous. That is the 30th and the 1st of May, April 30th and 1st. So if you're in the greater Atlanta area and you want to come say hello, please do that. I'm back from Florida. I had a great time down there, and I'm grateful to everyone that put it together for me. Two shows that were just a blast, and I drove home, I drove most of the way did not plan this well i drove after the friday night show i left the the motorcycle lot i <laughs> really that's kind of all florida i said that as you know with great affection or maybe i haven't expressed that enough i love florida it is awesome and apparently untouched by covid i did not see a lot of masks 90-year-old woman called me a pussy for wearing one. What I was going to say about Florida is I left there on... Sorry, this piece of paper is in my arms unnecessarily. I left Florida right after the show on Friday night, and I drove north toward Atlanta, which is a five-hour drive. And I wanted to... My thought was, let's see how this goes. Because what I wanted to do, even though I had a hotel room perfectly good hotel room that it would have been so nice to get a full night's sleep and then get up and drive home. What I really wanted to do was come home and in this order, see my daughter in the morning and then be home so my wife could go to get her hair done at noon on Saturday. I guess, I mean, I wanted to accomplish both of those things. I knew I probably wouldn't make it back in time to go to farmer's market. Sorry about that, everyone there. (laughs) But I wanted to be back in time to see my daughter for uh, like an 11 o'clock, 11.30 lunch and then let my wife go to get her hair done and just hang out with the girl. So that was the plan. I started driving and I started uh, talking. I, I started trying to, I don't know if I was recording a podcast or not, but I was talking in the car into the into the headphones, the microphone, and just trying to 
download, I guess. What did I say? Download, memorialize, like a lawyer. Some thoughts I had about the show and performing stand-up in, in Panama City Beach and how the showrunner was so great and how I found out that she listened to the podcast where I was talking shit about the host out of great affection and also, like, uh, you know, it was it was pretty funny because when I got to the show on Friday night, the other comics were like, oh, did you get some rest? How's the hotel? And I said, it's great. And the showrunner said, oh, yeah, what about what about the lights in the parking lot? And I had that moment where I was like, how did you, did I, what? Oh, fuck, yeah, that's right. I talk, well, yeah, you have a podcast, you asshole, and you tell people about it. Maybe randomly they're going to listen to it. I have to remember that, well, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't say anything untoward about her but i was surprised that because uh, really you know what it was i just don't imagine anybody listens to hey they got a podcast go check it out but this is emblematic of this person who runs those shows she is 100 percent about her business and takes it very very seriously and anyway so i was talking on this drive home friday night about how I was surprised to learn that she listened to the podcast and I felt a little chagrined because I was talking shit about that host. But at the same time, the host would probably be a good sport and, you know, I should be a good sport and just deal with a fucking horrific <laughs> introduction. <laughs> I don't, like I said, hopefully made it clear. It comes from a place of uh, whatever, not, not, not a place of malice, my critique. Um, so... I was just talking and talking, talking for probably about a half an hour on the drive north. And at some point, just sort of lost interest in my in hearing my own voice because I'd been talking for 40 minutes on stage and then talking in the car like, how fucking narcissistic can I get? I don't know if you, you want to hear that. It's essentially me just chronicling what happened the, you know, second show and the day and a half in Florida when I eh, there might be some some insights like that you'd be interested in. I don't know. Maybe I will. I, I didn't want it to be a podcast cause <clears throat> I'm not sure that it's worthy of one. And you're like, well, you've put up a lot of other ones that really are a podcast in name only. But I was, there, there were some things that I, I, that might entertain you a little bit. So maybe I, what I'll do is I'll record this as the proper podcast and then tack on, another 30 minutes to the end of, of, of this one. You can do whatever you'd like with it. But it really is, know this, that it's 30 minutes of me talking after a show, driving home, and sharing my thoughts about, uh, you know, senior citizens tailgating in Florida and how, yeah, it's, it's just pretty affectionate. And, and also a lot of compliments for the showrunner who had me down there, the producer, well, that was that was quite a story, but what happened on that drive home <clears throat> is I looked at all right. It's five hours. There's no way I'm gonna do this. That's gonna get me home like at three in the morning, because there is also a time change from the Florida Panhandle. Even though it seems due north to Atlanta, it goes from Central Time to Eastern Time. So then I get back to Atlanta, and it's one hour later. And what I didn't want to do is 
I didn't want to come into the house because I told my wife. My wife does not like. She's like, dude, don't drive all the way home. Just go spend a couple, you know, sixty bucks at a at a little roadside roadside stop, a little quality inn or something, and then drive home in the morning. So that was the plan. But drive maybe three hours to Columbus, Georgia, get a hotel, and then drive the rest of the way in the morning. I didn't because I didn't want to get home and wake everybody up and have the dog scrape shit. And then also it'd be 3.30 or 4 o'clock in the morning. And then the girl is up at 7 o'clock and I get three hours sleep. So I probably was being a bit of a selfish prick by saying, <clears throat> I was, you know what I was trying to do? I was trying to make, I was trying to make the most efficient, aside from the outlay of 60 bucks on the hotel, I was trying to make the most efficient decision for everyone, including me. So... I could stop at a hotel and sleep for six or seven hours and then drive home and be here for lunch as opposed to uh, getting home super late and then getting three or four hours sleep and being a terrible dad in the morning. Fucking tired! Give me back my son! I remembered Mel Gibson tagged one of my jokes when I was down in Florida. I'd forgotten all about it. Give me back my son. Imagine how much you must hate something. And for Mel, I think it's Jews. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't say that. I know that it's Jews. But imagine hating something so much that you tell the cops about it right when they pull you over. <laughs> like, that's got to be, you got to keep that thing top of mind. And I don't know a lot of Jewish police officers, and I don't know what prompted. Maybe the guy had a, maybe he had a star on his chest, Mel. I don't know what prompted Mel to think that, to have that thought. Other than he must really not like those people. And I, I, uh, I remembered I had a little, a little thing on it, and and it, uh, it worked. Florida's like, we're with you. We're not with Mel. I'm not saying that the Florida people were with Mel. And, you know, Florida's pretty famous for its Jewish population. I'm not sure I was performing in the part of Florida. I wasn't in Boca Raton. I wasn't in some of the Miami, North Miami. I wasn't in those places where I understand that uh, the population is more Jewish than perhaps where I was last uh, last weekend. But I wanted to be a good dad, get home. And so what I did is I made a reservation in Columbus, Georgia at the Quality Inn for like $61 or something like that. I made the reservation from Panama City Beach. And I thought, well, I'll stay there. And then I'll wake up at 7.38. And that way I would get, what, six and a half, seven hours sleep. That's plenty in that circumstance. I'm not trying to fucking kick it at the Quality Inn in Columbus either. All due respect. So, I made the reservation when I was in Panama City, and if I was hauling ass on the way home, and somehow I, you know, was within two hours of Atlanta at 10 p.m., which was impossible, then I'd just keep going and would not, would not, uh, you know, just cancel the hotel reservation. So anyway, I, here's what happened. I get to Columbus, Georgia, exhausted, exhausted from... 
all of it from the weekend being in Florida from, you know, the hotel illness, just kicking around the hotel from doing a long set from driving from talking all of it from being old. I was exhausted. And all I wanted was one cold beer and then a shower. And then I was going to fall asleep. So ways being ways gets me off in a sketchy as fuck part of Columbus and has me wind through all these sketchy streets before it takes me to Quality Inn. Of course, part of the good thing about sketchy streets and sketchy neighborhoods is there are a million liquor stores around. So at like 1.15, 1.30 in the morning, I stopped at this place, grabbed a single can of Coors Light, 16 ounces, not 24, not 12, 16 ounce Coors Light, just because I wanted something that was like water. I wasn't trying to like sip a beer at the Quality Inn. I just want to have, drink it in like five good pulls, take a shower, and go to bed. Got the beer, continued through this sketchy part of Columbus, made it to the Quality Inn at 1.30, 1.40 in the morning. I go in, the guy is friendly as can be, and he asked me again, what, what is the name and, and what is the reservation? <clears throat> uh, are you sure? I didn't see it here. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I made it, you know, six hours ago or five hours ago. He's like, uh, yeah, I don't. Are you, could it be on another uh, name or phone number? Or I was like, no, this is, this is pretty much it. And he goes, well, do you have the confirmation number? I'm like, yeah, it's right here. And I said, you know what? All this doesn't really matter. Can I didn't say that. I thought it, can I just get a room instead? And he said, well, actually, we're sold out. I was like, well, fuck. So it turns out <laughs> I did make a reservation just for a different weekend in April. <laughs> and if I were more of a whiny uh, complain about you know, shit other than the stuff that I complain about, I would, uh, if I, if my complaints were more like, woe is me, I guess I'd be like, I would really try to take you into the idea of driving as long as I had ending up in the middle of the night after snaking your way through this hood ass neighborhood to get a single can of beer and then ending up this quality inn where this guy says, <laughs> sorry, you can't stay here. And also, all the hotels in Columbus are sold out. If I were more m melodramatic, you'd be like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened to you. But I'm not. And I was like, fuck. But for anybody who ever has been on the road, a traveling salesman, somebody who plays in a band, stand-up comic, you should make, you should know where you're going. Right, it's it's not exactly romantic just to see how far you can make it and then get a hotel. I mean, it's kind of romantic, but not really. Because then, like, you're going eighty miles an hour down the highway, looking at your phone for, you know, upcoming hotels in the next small town. And by the time they pull them up, and you look at the rates, and you think, oh, I probably could get that cheaper if I did this. Then you're past that town, and it becomes kind of stressful. So. Certainty is good in this situation. And I didn't have it. So then I just had to keep going. And I had the thought. I had to keep going from Columbus, which is like two hours, I think, from Atlanta. Maybe, yeah, maybe two and a half hours. So I had to keep going. 
And what I decided to do was, <clears throat> what I, I didn't decide, what I thought about doing was, you know, all of a sudden it looks like I'm at like one hour and 45 minutes away from Atlanta. One hour, yeah, like something like that. One hour, one and a half hours away from Atlanta. I could just go for it right now. And now it's like 2 in the morning, 2.30, 3, something like that. It's getting pretty late. I could just go for it. And then you know what I would do? Because I really don't want to show up at the house at 4 and, you know, have all sorts of chaos ensue. I could just go get a hotel room in Atlanta <laughs> and tell everybody that I have to still drive home for three hours in the morning but really just sleep. <laughs> I would not do that. I, I mean, I would do I would do it, but I would not lie about it to my wife or my daughter. You don't lie to me, you lie to girls. Jason, you don't lie to me, you lie to girls. I thought about doing that. As it turned out, I found a hotel in LaGrange, Georgia. Who knew? LaGrange, Georgia that accepted me with their final their final uh the final room i called up i said do you have any vacancies she said i have one room left and i said i'll take it and i'm actually an i it's a you know it was a, what i said on the podcast previously it's a, a holiday Inn express so i paid more than i wanted to i paid ended up paying like 90 bucks or something like that but it's so well worth it at that moment in the middle of the night essentially breaking even on the show. I mean, I made a little bit more than that, but not a lot. But it was well worth it just to just for the whole thing, for the for the solve of the issue, solve of the problem. I showed up at the hotel after she said, "Yep, I have one one room for you." I'm like, "Oh, thank you so much." And I get there, I go in, she's like, "Oh, welcome." She could tell that I had been through it because maybe I <laughs> I was starting to events like mm, sad little man you've been driving all night just after bullshitting on stage is that was that your hardship but she was very sweet and I said okay well I'm gonna go while you're checking me and I'm gonna go park the car and I drove around the Holiday Inn Express property in LaGrange Georgia and every one of, literally every one, I don't know why, what were all these people doing in central Georgia? Every one of the pro parking spaces was full, was taken. Not full, was occupied. Of course, you know, there were seven that were taken by one fucking idiot truck and its boat trailer and boat that were on it. But, you know, God bless America. So, I went back to the woman, I'm like... And you know how it is when you're, I don't know if you know this or not, but there's a tendency, I believe, when you could be like on a roadside hotel, like the property is the property. It's kind of like an oasis. <laughs> and then everything beyond the property line is like, I don't know what's out there. You know, I, I don't know if there are roads. I don't know if there's a town. I don't know if civilization exists outside this little roadside, neatly manicured property. So the idea of parking somewhere else in a ditch in the dark was not appealing to me and I told the woman and she said well why don't you do this we'll check you in and then you can have my spot I will go move my car and put it in the carport thing where you check in because she only had 
you know, she got off at seven in the morning. And I said, well, that's incredibly sweet. Are you sure you're going to be able to do that? And she said, yep. And she went and pulled her car out of the handicap spot and pointed me in there. And then, which causes me a tremendous amount of dissonance, even if it's author. And by the way, she doesn't work for the, uh, whatever the fucking word is now, the, I don't mean that. That sounds like I'm so tired of, I can't say handicap. It's a handicap sign, but, uh, she does not speak for all people who have those placards. How about that? That's the way to say it. But she said, no, it's okay. You can park there. And then, you know, it wasn't the only one there with the, the blue and white figurine. There were plenty, I don't want to say plenty. That's all in the eye of the beholder as well. Somebody else like, not enough, motherfucker, because I'm sitting out here in my wheelchair van and I can't park anywhere. Well, let's go fucking burn that boat motherfucker down. So she moved it and she said, yeah, it's fine. You can park there. Oh, Again, whose authority? But these are not the times, three in the morning, uh, one eye open, no parking places. I'm not. I'm not taking a stand. I'm. I, I. I'm not. Maybe. Maybe you would. Would you do that? Yes. You selfish asshole. You able-bodied prick. We would. We would say no. I cannot. Would you really though? Would you? I mean. Yes, you probably would because you're better than me. But I was like, okay, I can park there, and that's cool. Which is such a loaded statement, right? Like. We both know it's not cool because we don't seem to have any issues that would necessitate us parking there. But from one of us to the other, it's cool if we park there? Okay. <laughs> and she said, yeah, because I presume what we were saying in the subtext of that is no cop is going to harass me. And I'm, you know, I was coming off one night earlier, a fucking cop harassing me with an apology. Man, I just want to let you know, I am so sorry for prejudging you. <laughs> like, dude, I didn't even know it happened because it all took place between your ears. No, it just wasn't right. Oh, I get it. <laughs> but I'm not in your family or in your brain. So uh, no offense taken, sir. <laughs> anyway, it was clear that nothing was going to happen, and the second she told me that, and I walked into the Holiday Inn Express, I forgot the whole matter. And I think only the next morning did I remember as I was walking in my car that I parked in a, in a handicapped spot. And I got a decent night's sleep. I drank that Coors Light, and like I said, six or seven, I drank about half of it before I got in the shower, had a nice hot shower. Got out, finished the rest of it, went to bed, woke up, jumped on the highway, started speeding 80 miles an hour, listening to the all-night drug-prowling wolves, one of my favorite Atlanta bands of all time, whose name comes from a Clash song, one of my favorite Clash songs, one of my favorite bands of all time, The Clash, and was hauling ass looking at my phone like this is I'm on the way I'm gonna be home in before lunch and before I'm gonna be it's gonna be smooth they're gonna be coming back from farmer's market and egg man and the bread lady and chip guy right as I'm pulling in 
And then I saw a sign that said Montgomery, Alabama. <laughs> so what that means for the uh, people unfamiliar with central Georgia interstate geography is I was speeding the wrong direction. <laughs> After all that, for 20 or 30 minutes, I was hauling ass in the wrong direction. But no worries. I didn't flip out. I said, you know, the F word a couple times. But I didn't flip out. I just spun it around, pointed it in the right direction, and got home. Closer to noon, was able to have a little bit of a snack with the ladies, and that was that. That was... I don't know why. I just I, I, I don't I didn't plan to to say all that, but I just realized I just told you. You're like, yeah, you should have thought about not telling us that. I don't know, if, whatever. That was the that was the journey home. And speaking of eating, last night my wife and I went out for dinner. We went out for dinner for the first time in 15 months. At least, it was it was like I I didn't really know how to get dressed. Almost I dressed like I was going to do a show. I didn't dress like I was. I'm not exactly a clothes horse, but I try to style myself a little bit. Got to do something with this Reagan hair. Anyway, we went out to dinner last night, and it was it was surreal. We also were seated on the side, out of sight. Uh, so <laughs> at one point. Our server, our server had not, she took a half an hour off from our table, which is, you know, what are you going to do? She's rusty too. And my wife's like, we still have to tip her a lot because it's COVID. And I was like, I'd like to tip as well, but it's not the fucking start of COVID. Like she's been figuring how, <laughs> figuring out how to make do, uh, you know. It wasn't like we were keeping her afloat, but we still tipped her, even though she ignored us for 30 minutes. And, but the funny thing that happened is on the way out, we saw some neighbors, uh, and I didn't have my mask on, but they did. And I'm like, hey, what's going on, y'all? How are you doing? And they were a little banged up because... I'm standing there recognizing him. I'm like, hey, Bill, Bill, what's going on? How are you, dude? And and his lady's with him. And I'm like, hey, what's up? And he, like I said, I think he's a little clipped. He he took his mask down and goes, hey, it's me, Bill. <laughs> like, yeah, dude, I know. <laughs> You're struggling to recognize me, I think. Or you and your lady are into your cups. But uh, it, was, it was it was kind of a funny thing. He's like, it's me, Bill. But, yeah, I know. I'm the one. Anyway, I said, Bill, how are you? He's like, it's me, Bill. <laughs> he was just unmasking himself. Uh, anyway, uh, I, I want to spend, I, I want to read this. I mentioned in Florida the other night that I got a an email, a, an email from somebody, and you can email the podcast and, I should have spent time on this earlier in the program because it would have been more interesting probably than that saga of me driving home. And now you're like, you know what? Why don't you leave that 30 minutes of you talking about about your Florida stay? You can leave that off the bat. Whatever. If you don't want to listen to it, don't. It's okay. They're not all... You're going to be fine. 
we're all going to be fine. So he sent me a note. Here, here's what he sent. This guy sent. He said, hey, man, just wanted to let you. This is written last Tuesday, I think. Tuesday or something. He said, hey, man, just wanted to let you know I'm really enjoying the podcast since you cut back on the political commentary. <laughs> Which I think I alluded to in passing when I was talking in the parking lot about, uh, oh, they must just not agree with my way of thinking or got too real or some dipshit bullshit that I said. But really, what he's probably saying is, and, and I totally get it, dude, we all can read the newspaper. Let's listen to something where we don't, have that let's take a little break from all of it and i get it so i i I respect that perspective and he says are you still off social media too well i'm on instagram but i just kind of i don't do much on there i just kind of promote shows and stuff then he says i had the other so anyway i get it i you know we tune into stuff to take a break from the horrors of the world so you know it says it's a it's a podcast by a comedian. It doesn't need to be a dissertation on voter suppression. So I get it. I get it. I'm, I'm, and you know what? It's a good note, sir. I'm trying to be cognizant of talking about what I care about, but also like not just bumming the fucking world out forever because I respect everybody that listens to the podcast. You're bright enough to figure... You're bright enough to... You know what? You're bright enough, but also you don't... You can get a break from it. Maybe you can think of this podcast as, by and large, I'm going to know where he stands on things, but he's not going to pound me over the head with them. Unless unless he needs to. I think that's fair. So he said, I had other things I was going to respond to, but I forgot everything except... <laughs> oh, man. Well, please write back. I had other things I was going to... Oh. I had other things I was going to respond to, but I forgot everything except to say that I'm sorry... You're going to have to concede to Reese's being the one. Reese's should have been the one. It's the one most prominently featured in all gas stations. He said, I tried to eat a $1,000 bar or whatever that garbage is. Watch your tone, sir. Please mind your tongue. Call it by, you say its name. Put some respect on its name. Respect on its name. I tried to eat, you can say, a $100,000 bar, or you can say a one hundred grand bar. But do not, please, do not use such a pejorative term like $1,000 bar or whatever. That is pretty disrespectful. <laughs> he said, I tried to eat a $1,000 bar or whatever that garbage is, and it was hard to chew, and also I hate caramel. Well, the hard to chew part, uh, maybe you have little soft teeth. And you, you, second, you hate caramel. Well, that's deeply suspicious. Who hates caramel? You know what? Adolf Hitler hated caramel. Hates caramel. Okay. Oh, now he says, oh, now I remember. I was going to say about you keeping your journal. And for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about or what he's talking about, I mentioned that I have all these old writing books and journal writing, old and new. I don't want to say old, just old. Old and new writing journals. And some of them have like my deepest, most sincere insecurities and 
well, that's what this podcast sounds like sometimes. That I've been wrestling with, do I destroy them so my daughter doesn't see them and she can then, when I'm no longer here, know me as she knew me and not have this... It shouldn't be a grand reveal because I'm never going to try to hide who I am from her. Like I said, I want her to know that if a dog shits on my front lawn, I'm going lawn, going to throw it out into the street. Like I'm not hiding myself from her, but you know, if I'm just whinging about in my journals, does she need to see all that and have that? And I've and and so previously I've talked about I want to talk to people and if and again I reiterate if you lost a parent or you lost someone who you wish you had more access to and would have liked to have known about all their insecurities and things that kept them up at night you know they're what do you what do you uh, see late at night when the demons come that kind of like that writing would you like to know that about the person or are you glad you you don't know that and you, you know i want to know tell me about that if you've lost someone Write in at yesjoesmith at gmail.com. I, I, you'll see that I treat it in a very sincere and hopefully um, honest way. <laughs> Probably not fucking very funny either, to be honest. But say la vie. They, they're not all funny. So that, that's been the question I've had for myself. Do I save these journals or do I get rid of them and, you know, do what? And so he says this. I was going to say this about you keeping your journal. Since the ego is an illusion... And time is a construct. <laughs> okay. The ego is an illusion. I mean, yeah, I guess. I don't know. And time is a construct. Yeah, I guess. I, I, I mean, I don't know. You, know. you know about it as much as I do, dude. He says, no. I don't know what that means. The ego is an illusion. And time is a construct. <laughs> and this weed is hitting right now. <laughs> you on that loud? No, you should not hold on to what you wrote in a journal years ago. Like my therapist says, you are not your thoughts. Well, there, that kind of, that part about his therapist brings it home for me. You are not your thoughts. You, I think you are your thoughts, You're your choices, your actions, the consequences of your actions, your responses to those things. And over time, we accumulate this body of evidence like that's who that person was. But I know what the therapist is saying, and I know what he's expressing here. But, and, and in so doing, I imagine he reasons, in so putting my thoughts down on paper and then edifying it in a way that my daughter will be able to read it someday... She ever fucking learns how to read. <laughs> She's two. Um, then, then they're more real, perhaps, than just fleeting thoughts, right? I get that. That's there's that's good, sound insight, friend. I appreciate that. And then he says, "Now I'm remembering everything." <laughs> well, maybe he's he's journaling. <laughs> but I presume that means he remembers everything that he thought about commenting on before he just so disparagingly referred to the 100 grand as the thousand dollar bar anyway he says now i remember everything the most alky story oh shit remember i prompted you please tell me your most alky story well i still want you to do that 
because I said one of my most alky stories was I took a drink off of an airplane, which is pretty unnatural. And now that I think about it, my neighbor might have taken a drink out of that. I fucking took a drink out of a bar in Florida the other night on Thursday night because the bartender poured it into a styrofoam cup and said, here you go, have a good night. I'm like, I fucking will now. <laughs> Florida does not give a fuck. <clears throat> and they don't give a fuck that you look down on them. They don't care. So keep doing your thing. And you know what? There are a lot of military and ex-military that fall into those groups of people that you're making fun of. So you're essentially hating the troops, just FYI. So I said it was pretty alky that I took a drink off of an airplane. He says the most alky story, I think, is right after college when I went with my high school friends to Alabama. Excuse me, Lord. And you know what? That's a, that's a pretty alky start. Like, why would you go to Alabama? I'm kidding for everybody who lives outside of the South. I was in Alabama the other day. Uh, and by the way, if you live outside the South, let me just tell you that all the states in the South, they have this pride. Oh, it's called white pride. Well, that too. But they have a pride, a ter terrific individual pride about their place, and they all shit on each other. Like, we're the best state in the South. And I don't know the exact order, but like Georgia... They, but I know they all kick Mississippi around. And uh, if you've ever met anybody from Mississippi, they're not people who get kicked around that much. So be careful what you wish for. But yeah, usually like Georgia shits on Alabama, Alabama shits on Mississippi, Texas shits on Louisiana, Louisiana shits on Mississippi. Everybody piles on because, you know, they don't have any imagination. It's hack. It's like making fun of Florida. So he said, I went with some high school friends to Alabama for some wedding party slash event. I proclaimed, hey, look at you there, proclaiming. He said, I'm blank, and he says his name. So he goes to Alabama with some high school friends, all right, post-college with his high school friends to Alabama for some wedding party slash event. And he says, I'm blank. I'm John Singenson. I don't get drunk, he said, and that lit up my friend Burton. Well, if your friend's named Burton, you're going to get fucked up because either he is like a blue blood or a snowboard or something, but you're going to, you know, you're going to get ripped. He said, and that lit up my friend Burton, who took that as a challenge, pouring tequila down my throat. Ugh, sounds horrific. Also, I like to sip on tequila because I'm an old man. And younger people a lot of times are like, oh, dude, I could never do that. The tequila, whatever. I, I couldn't do it. Well, I can't drink 65 beers like you guys can because then I feel like I'm just going to roll down the hill. Burp and fart. But also, when you're young, you think tequila is terrible tasting because it is when you're young. But also when you're young, you're drinking shit tequila. As you get older, tequila gets a lot better. It's just one of those things in life that you think is unremarkable, but then you have like a good one. You're like, oh, oh, I get it now. A lot of things are like that, I suppose. Sushi is one of those, right? If you, I mean, I remember my first sushi experiences were like at Jank Sushi 
you know, $3 for a roll or all you can eat, whatever. I'm like, what is, why is everybody going crazy about sushi? But then you go into like a really nice sushi restaurant and you're like, oh, that's why people spend all this money because it's fucking delicious. And then you get food poisoning and you're like, I think I'm going to take a break for five years and then then come back later. So tequila and sushi, when you have the good, the good, good, you'd be like, oh, that's that's what people are all hyped about. So his friend took the challenge, friend Burton poured tequila down my throat. I went to this party, puked on the patio and pulled a lounge chair over the puke. But everyone had already seen it. You know what? I know exactly what he's talking about. I think. Well, not maybe exactly, but you. You ever been like pretty? You have to be close to being blacked out. I think where you have that drunk thinking, where you're all you're all spatially thrown off. Like, if I just set this thing down over here, it's gone forever. And really, it's like one and a half feet from your left arm, but. <laughs> you're so ripped you're like no I'll put it over there and nobody will ever see it and it's like yeah, we all see it dude because we're not as crippled as you are I once saw a man at Smith's Old Bar in Atlanta take a beer can out of his pocket and he did this very surreptitious a beer can that he like consumed a beer that he drank and then crushed the can and then put it in his pocket and then like his Uber was coming and he took the can out and he like very surreptitiously like stretched his arm like one foot and dropped it. Like that was going to put it behind a wall that separated him from the rest of the world. And really it just dropped on the ground. <laughs> so maybe that's what was happening here with the with the patio, uh, piece of patio furniture, lounge chair. But everybody had already seen it or he was just trying to hide it and continued drinking. Oh, God. I'll never forget my friend's mom telling me she was concerned about me. Have a great time at Limerick and talk to you later. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That's like uh, survive, motherfucker, kind regards in a, in a story and then a sign-off. I'll never forget my friend's mom telling me she was concerned about me. All right, well, dude, please pick up this story and tell me what happened, though. I mean, so you continued drinking. Did, did the decisions get worse? Not decisions. Did the events, like, do you, or you just don't remember? She was concerned about me. Have a good show tonight. Talk to you later. <laughs> Have fun at Limerick. That's, uh, yeah, that puking and re-drinking, it's, it's, it's an interesting mentality because... I think vomiting is your brain saying, hey, uh, this poison should not be in our body, uh, of which I am in control in this quantity, so let's expel it. And the, uh, the rest of us, the rest of your body is like, well, now that we've done that, we can go back to drinking. And there's, there's some misfire, there's some mistake in the code when that happens, because you shouldn't be doing that. You should not. I don't. Th I don't think. I don't think that's the way your your body drew it up. I remember once, but this is not like a gallon of tequila that this guy drank. I remember once when I was like twenty years old, I shotgunned a beer and then puked right after, and then kept drinking. And oh my gosh, this girl 
I washed my mouth out and oh god she kissed me after I puked again I washed my mouth out and rinsed it and all but you know she kissed me within 15 minutes which is oh god don't you miss being young <laughs> ah god that sounds fun I'm, I don't give a shit that you know that reminds me it reminds me a little bit of Florida Anyway, I'm, I think what I'll do here, just if you want to listen to it, great. I will just stop the podcast, the proper podcast, this, and put, and uh, whatever you hear next will be the drive home for 30 minutes until I lost interest in my my own voice. So thank you for listening. If, like I said, come to Limerick, come to Laughing Skull this weekend, next weekend featuring for Jackie Fabulous at the Punchline in Buckhead. So uh, I hope you're well. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you soon. So, yeah, the next stuff you hear will be the drive home, and maybe there's something that you'll enjoy. So enjoy your week, and I'll talk to you on Friday. I'm in the car driving north from Panama City toward Atlanta. I couldn't tell you what the name of this highway is, but it's a state route. As I said on the last podcast, there's not a good interstate that takes me from Panama City back and forth to Atlanta so you, so I have to take a lot of state highways and which is fine I mean I'm going 65 now as opposed to maybe going 80 on an interstate the only thing that is different is the pretty consistent changes of municipalities and jurisdictions where I feel the cops are trying to trap some of that city slicker money coming through with their tickets and you know, I can't blame them. Why not? I'd probably do the same thing. These motherfuckers are going to come speeding through my little my little town in Alabama. I'm going to get my piece of flesh while I can. I, I, I'm not mad at you. But it, it makes for an interesting drive where you're going 65 and then the speed limit will drop to 35 and then it's back up to 55. It's just all over the place. A little bit, I feel like, when you drive through D.C., uh, D.C., whatever they call it, the DMV, D.C., Maryland, Virginia. I feel like it changes, the speed limit changes a few times, and then all of a sudden you're in a construction zone, you're out of construction zone. It's almost like they want people to get pulled over, but I don't I don't think, they wouldn't want to do it just to make money. That wouldn't be protecting and serving. Yes, it would, you cynical prick, because protecting and serving costs money. I've just finished the second show of the this two-night stint in Florida that I'm so grateful to have done. I really appreciate Lee Kimbrell making the connection for me. Lee is a hilarious comic who features for some great comics. Headlines also uh, features for some great comics. He's out doing road dates right now with Rocky Dale Davis, I think. And Lee put me, Lee was the connect. And I really appreciate it. These shows could not have been more professionally run. And I'm not just saying that because the showrunner, the producer, told me this evening that she listened to the last podcast that I recorded. And so I hope I didn't, I hope I didn't talk any shit about her because I don't have any shit in my heart for you. She is great. I don't, should I name her name? What's the point of that? I'll tell you what, if you want to know who to see about doing comedy in Panama City, let me know because I know the best showrunner around incredibly professional in not the most uh, buttoned up environments let's say <laughs> I mentioned last night was a bit of a 
this guy pulling up next to me has a University of Central Florida. It's a GMC truck that is about 19 feet in the air. A University of Central Florida license plate that says turnt. <laughs> I love this country. I love this country. And I love Florida. I'm, I'm an unabashed... Maybe I'm a Florida comic. Not always. Tonight was fun. It wasn't as fun as last night. Anyway, if you want to do comedy in Panama City, Florida, I know the independent show booker and runner who is incredibly professional, nice, detail-oriented. I just is going to be very, very successful. I mean, I think she's very successful now. Is only going to be more successful in the future. And there's no way I'm going to make this whole drive all the way back. I might have to cough up 50 shekels and spade a king's in because I just had my first like, whoa, it's nighttime and I'm a little drifty. I'm never going to make it all the way back to Atlanta tonight, but if I can chop the drive in half, that would be great. I don't know if any of this is going to make it to the podcast. If it does, then that's great. But I wanted to just, I think, download, download, memorialize a couple of my thoughts, a couple of funny things that I noticed. After the show, a couple people came up to me tonight and were nice and did the, uh, the Tom Segura bit. Where are, you, where are you originally from? This guy asked me where I was from, and I started telling him, oh, I was born in Chicago and then moved to, so I grew up in Southern California. But he's like, he, he didn't want all that. He was just like, where do you live right now? And I said Atlanta, and he's like, man, I used to go to Atlanta. I'm from Georgia. He's from Southern Georgia, which is different than Atlanta. And he said that he used to go to Atlanta when he was a kid, but it's all changed now. I, I don't like it. And I said, well, what do you don't like about it? And he said, ah, this is a whole political thing. And I don't know what he meant. I could guess, but I don't know what he meant. Then he went on to say, when he used to go there, there were businesses there. And, uh, actually, now I do know what he was saying because I'm thinking forward in the story a little bit to where he gave me a good example of what he was talking about. But he, he was trying to say when he was a younger man, he, as he was enjoying a cigarette outside the bar where I was tonight, heckled by the owner. Love that. Sure, let's jump in, have a good time. And then I talked back to him. I wanted to hear what he was saying and pull him into the show a little bit, and then he backed down. It was not a sword fight. Um, this is not a story of two men locking horns couple of old bucks getting into it. It wasn't like that. He just shouted something from the back of the room, and I said, you know, you're the owner, and tried to draw him out a little bit. And maybe I didn't hear what he said, but it went nowhere. <laughs> Sometimes they go nowhere. Uh, so the man after the show tonight was telling me he used to like Atlanta because it was like, a, you know, there, there was a real bustle there real bustle. Speed limit now, 55. Okay? Noted. There was a real bustle. I was like, dude, I don't know what you're talking about. That city is gangbusters right now. Yeah, but it's all different. What does that mean exactly? I just, I wasn't trying to be a dick. I, w I wasn't, let me be very clear. I wasn't being a dick, nor was I trying to be, nor could my questions have been interpreted as being a dick. Speed limit, 45. Meaning, I, I was not trying to be a clever fuck. 
I just I was genuinely curious. Like, what are you? I wasn't trying to get him to say the N word either. Like, that's what you're probably thinking. You're just winding. I was not winding him up. I'm not Marco Matarazzi, professional wind-up merchant. <laughs> Matarazzi. He got Zidane to headbutt him in a World Cup final. So I was not winding him up. I just asked, and he, he didn't really get at it. You know, I, I, I he didn't, he just said it was a, a big bustle when he was there. It was like, you know, people in suits doing business. I'm like, that is exactly what it is like right now, dude, except 10 times as much. And also, not everybody wears a suit when they go to work anymore. And quite honestly, you've never, the next time, you, you've never worn a suit in your life. I'm confident of that. Maybe if he got married, he put on a suit. But this man was not a suit-wearing type. Neither am I. But he certainly wasn't. And then I think I kind of cracked him, or I think we were getting a little bit to the heart of the matter about what he was talking about, because speed limit, 55. And this is the thing. It's just you just have to be vigilant of it. And your car is like, what are we doing here, boys? So... He finally got into it when I, I, I mentioned, uh, I tried to steer it away from how he was saying Atlanta's not like it used to be. I, he said, where do you live in Atlanta? And I said, I live in the city. And he's like, the city? Like, almost like to him, Atlanta <laughs> was everything but the city. I don't know. And just to give him a, I said, oh yeah, this is not exactly true, because I, I mean, I'm, I'm five miles away from it or something like that. I said, oh, like, like, you know, like near the Varsity, near Georgia Tech, the Varsity, which is a famous hamburger hot dog stand in Atlanta. He said, oh yeah, the Varsity, yeah, that place used to be great. You know, back in there, you could go and the guy would be like, cash in hand, what do you want? What do you have? What do you have? What do you have? Which is the, the slogan or the catch, whatever you say catchphrase of the, the varsity in Atlanta what what do you have what do you have what do you have and he was saying if you didn't have your order ready you'd get your ass kicked out of there I'm like all right how is it different now well now you might have some Jamaican in there saying wait what do you want and then he, he did a bit of a racist act out I mean I, I guess that's what he was trying to do is a bit of a racist act out and I said, all right, well, I'm going to go see about the money. Enjoy your evening. And that was that. And then the showrunner was, like, right there with the money, which was great in an official bank envelope. I'm telling you, and I hope you're listening, showrunner, you are destined for big things. You know how to do what you do. I know you're already doing big things, but you are about your business, professional, and I'm sure I'm not the only comic that appreciates it. So thank you sincerely from, from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate your professionalism. You're, you're way more professional, is, professional than a lot of club people that I know, uh, who I also love tremendously, but <laughs> you're way more professional. And then after she gave me the money, we took a photo outside, and then I, some other dude came up and he's like, hey, man, I love you. That was great stuff. Uh, don't get too big. And I was like, well, okay, why not? Well, just, you know, don't let the new world order get to you. 
I don't know what that means exactly. Jews? I, I, I don't know exactly what he, what he means by that. But uh, I said, all right, well. And you know what? He's the same guy. <laughs> He's the same guy now that I think about it when the feature, or one of the, there, were, there was a host, two comics, and then I closed the show. One of the, and then we were going 55. Now we're at a stoplight. One of the comics uh, is not a white guy, like I'm a white guy, not like uh, a pale face or a pasty guy like me. He has some um, Mediterranean in him, and he said something. He said from the stage, he said, "I'm Portuguese." He has a bit about how about terrorism and maybe uh, being mistaken for one. And uh, he said, but I'm Portuguese. And my guy, now I'm going 55, 55 speed limit. And Turnt is back next to me. T-E-R-N-T, Turnt. There he is. Truck is jacked up. But my guy who uh, was worried about the New World Order, when the comic said, I'm Portuguese, I heard the guy in the back of the room say, no, you're not. Who, who is he then? Speed limit? 65. How old is this going to get, by the way? Just auctioning off the speed limit. Every time I go by one. I'm not a, so he said he's not a terrorist or something like that. And I thought it would be great. Like, you know, because the terrorists are the white guys. <laughs> we are the ones who uh, do what we do so well. Was that I was thinking about the other day? Maybe I mentioned it on the podcast. Charles Manson said, uh, "If you're going to do something, do it well." Did I mention that? I was thinking of it. I thought I spoke it into the microphone. If you're going to do something, do it well. And there's more to it, but that part alone, like he was the worst at what he did. I mean, there could be no one less successful <laughs> at his. At what he's known for, right? He's known, he's like the most famous serial killer of all time. But what a colossal fuck up because he didn't even do it and he got caught and served life because of it. Like you couldn't be, he's overrated. I mean, I guess I almost said all due respect to Charlie. Now I'm passing Turn. Turn moved over to the right lane and the speed limit, you know why? Because he knows the speed limit drops to 45. Charlie, I, I was not, I, not, I mean, Charlie is, he's not on the list like we talked about before, but comes to mind pretty quickly when you think about creepy serial killers and why have I not decreased my speed to 45 because I'm just begging to be pulled over. So I guess you lionize Charlie and people look up to Charlie, I suppose, or admire him. Because he was creepy and a cult leader, I guess. I mean, ten people, he's not like fucking Jonestown. Now that That's a cult leader. <laughs> that uh, That's a cult leader. Jo- Jim Jones, he knew how to... Oy vey, what a terrible, terrible story. 
Charlie didn't do the killing and got caught and served life. So I'm not sure you really know what you're... Maybe unless you're saying if you can do something, do it well, Charlie, you meant... Is Charlie dead? Charlie's dead, I believe, right? It's just as well. Speed limit, 55. It's just as well. Charlie's dead, I suppose. But maybe he was saying if you're going to do something, do it well. He was talking about getting caught and going to prison forever. 65, here I come to save the day. Anyway, this guy was very dubious of my associate's Portuguese-ness, Portuguese-ness, and they wanted me to be careful for the New World Order. I don't know what that means, but... I don't think there were... Here's what I'll say about this bar tonight. I don't think Hillary Rodham Clinton would have been popular in there. I just get that sense. (laughs) I actually said something about Republican women and some... I said something about Democrat women, too, and it's not even a political thing, really. It's sort of a... It's a... It's a meta comment on politics and I make one about Democrat and Republican in the bit and it's not going to make either side cringe generally speaking but when I said Republican women these women woo! so I guess New World Order is, is Hillary the other thing I just remembered about driving back from down in Florida at night and it also happens when you drive I guess anywhere at night in these out, outpost roads can think of like driving through through Virginia and North Carolina there's a I, I develop I've developed since I've lived in the south for whatever it's been 15 years I've developed uh, an apprehension about hitting a deer and I don't think down right now I shouldn't fucking jinx it at all I don't think right now that's a big risk but I think stuff does run across the road and I and I've certainly on these drives have seen things like sitting off to the side of the road like watching like Bambi, I'm like, no, don't do it because I don't know. It's I think it's a I think it's a real bad deal if you hit a deer. So I do not want to do that, and I do not want to get a ticket. Uh, the show tonight was fun. Like I said, it wasn't as fun as last night. This was there was no cover charge tonight, so there were no people that were. But you know, the crowd was. I have to say, the crowd was pretty well behaved for drunk or well drink drinking a spirited drinking crowd was pretty well behaved there was one guy who was super annoying for most of the uh, this car's going the wrong way on this highway that's also something you worry about holy shit going 65 down <laughs> hope my wife doesn't hear this like, yeah, those are maniacs out there. Well, I know. He's going 65 at me. On a... Not the spot he was supposed to be doing it. The crowd was well-behaved, except for one guy who was mouthy for most everyone's set except mine. And I think he was not mouthy during my set because 
I ignored him. I did not want to. I did not want to talk to this fucking guy for forty minutes. But more important is, I think the booze caught up to him and slowed him down because he'd been there for. Well, <laughs> probably been there since noon, but uh, he had been there for you know, 35 or 40 minutes of comedy before I went on stage and I think was pretty plastered by the time, by the time he was, by the time I got up there. So he was not a nuisance and the crowd was great. It was, uh, it was big and spread out. There were not a lot of masks present, but they were, they were nice and they were good and they, they, they were, uh, they were fair. That's all you can ask is a fair goddamn, a fair crowd that listens and they were that. So shout out to them, Panama City, and and uh, sorry, I'm doing something really interesting. Will you tell me about the time you defogged your windshield so you could see those deer? Yes, I just did that. Yeah, this maniac <laughs> just I hit another stretch of highway that confirms that guy was going the fucking wrong way uh, on the highway. So, it was fun. I uh, worked on some new things. This is, this is less interesting to everyone. Uh, I was very surprised, though, to learn that the showrunner listened to the podcast last time. And I went out of my way to say, hey, I was just... I mean, I, I, I want you to know that my... Because uh, I was shitting on the host. But I was doing it in a... <laughs> this is me now explaining to you what you heard, which is totally unfair, so I just, I hope it came through that I was not trying to, and it's bullshit, and you shouldn't bring people up like that, like it was, it was not that, it was just, say my name, <laughs> say her name, say his name, say my name, I'm not equating those things, Florida, fun, and Florida is, I think I'm a Florida I like Florida. They don't... Here's the thing. Everyone shits on Florida. And you know what? Florida doesn't give a fuck about that either. How? They're like the most secure people. And you're like, well, what else are you going to (laughs) be? But they don't give a fuck. And they don't give a fuck the people shit on them. Like Massachusetts people, Boston people, always getting their feelings about, or they used to, about uh, New Yorkers and, you know, feeling like a little brother. Like Philly people, all defensive and insecure about it. Florida's like, we give a rat's ass what you're saying because we're in the sand getting ripped. Which is pretty funny. They don't care. And I like that about them. I, that's, it's, a, it's a free space. It's a true... Like I said the other day about farting in bed when no one's there you're just that's an honest moment and, and a lot of people are like we yeah we're doing our thing and you I, I guess liberal snobs should uh, chill the fuck out so good times also in Florida this is something I've noticed people <laughs> people tailgate everywhere people tailgate at the gas station Last night I stopped to get a pack of gum before the show and there were 30 day labor-ish appearing work, not day laborers, um, construction guys. 
I don't know what kind of construction they were doing, but they had, they looked like they worked their asses off all day long. And they were tailgating, literally the truck open, the gate of the truck, the tailgate open, drinking beers in the gas station. And then inside the gas station, which was run by two men who I guess are of South Asian descent, the Hispanic appearing guys who look like they've been working all day were also drinking tall boys inside the gas station. That's America, you fucking assholes. And the, and the guy was cashing a check too. I'm, I'm sure my Indian friend was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a little bit of that, 40% or <laughs> whatever. But those guys were tailgating at the gas station. Tailgating inside like the aisle, like the candy aisle. Just a big plastic cup full of beer. It looked golden and delicious as, as a, a beer is after a long, hard, days, hard day of work. Especially when you're in labor, like exerting labor. It's refreshing. And then today... I went and had, excuse me, I went and had some delicious Mexican food at a place called La Michoacana. La Michoacana. I had a carne asada burrito, which was very good. And there were some people, grandparents, white people in their 60s at least, tailgating in the parking lot of that place. Grandparents tailgating. Florida. I know they tailgate elsewhere as well, but uh, that's pretty. It was like two thirty in the afternoon. Like, no, this is where we're gonna post up right now and have a couple beers. <laughs> La Michoacana, and right next to La Michoacana was a tattoo shop. And while I was waiting for my food, I walked past it, and one of the senior citizens who was tailgating asked me. If the tattoo artist was any good. Like, lady, look around. I don't want to uh, reduce myself to simply my my uh, the first thing you notice about me. But do I look like somebody who has an informed opinion about a tattoo artist? And I, I, I mean that as, as uh, I don't know how I mean it, literally. Look around you. Everyone else here could better ask that. But really, what she's doing is just trying to make a connection and be friendly. And because, well, because she's getting fucked up in the parking lot of a laundromat slash <laughs> thrift store, not thrift store, bodega, and also Mexican restaurant. Taylor, uh, Taylor, tattoo parlor right next door. <laughs> so maybe she's full of heart, but also maybe she's just full of cords. Yeah, I, I like Florida. I'm, I'm a fan. So that's that's the latest. Also, I uh, I bailed on my hotel. So if this ever makes it to a podcast, know that there is a vacant. I, I could have housed some homeless people in my. That's what I should. That's what I should have done, if I were a nicer person. Because this morning in my hotel room, not in my hotel room. This morning, I was in my hotel room, and it was pouring rain, pouring rain outside. And that's when I noticed through the window and then the field across behind the hotel that there was a homeless camp 
and some blue tarps just getting slaughtered by this rain and this storm. And then later on, when it ended, we saw some of the gentlemen come moving out and walking out and making their way. That's what I should have done, is I should have grabbed one of those guys and said, hey, I'm leaving this hotel room at whatever showtime was, 7. Why don't y'all go in? God damn it. That would have been perfect. No harm to anybody. I guess there could have been a lot of harm. I mean, to what? My credit card for incidentals? <laughs> I don't know what would have been the harm. They could have got... I should, that's what I should have done. Would I have really done that? If I had a really good set before I saw them. <laughs> that's all a comic wants. That's, that's what you see a comic after a good set, that's when you want to borrow money from them. They're like, yeah, man, whatever you need. I should have done that anyway. I, I, I bailed in my hotel room. La Quinta, much respect. Very nice, clean. Loved it. La Quinta, right across from, I think, a Navy, a Navy base. And there were a lot of younger men staying in the hotel that weren't working, I don't think. I don't know what they were. I don't know how old they were, but it was like, bro, 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 you've never seen Wedding Crashers? Bro, bro. Speed limit, 45. They're at that age where they leave their hotel doors propped open all day long and just like yell through the halls right now I am in the speed limit I said is 45 this is a not literal ghost town but everything is shut here I don't know why this is except that liquor store is open the neon bud light burns bright I had a Bud Light last night for the first time and couldn't tell you how long. And it was cold and I had a good set, so it was delicious. I am seven miles from Cottondale. I, I don't know if that's in Florida or Alabama. I, maybe it's, it's got to be in Florida. Bro, you've never seen Wedding Crashers? Bro, you kidding? Bro, he's never seen Wedding Crashers. Those guys were in the hotel. <laughs> so... That's really all I have, I think, for myself right now. I don't want to... I don't feel like talking anymore. Because it's just me sitting in the car listening to my own voice. 55, 65. That's, that's not all that interesting to me. And I think I probably just have a little bit of fatigue. So what I might do is see what this sounds like in a couple days. And if it's... I don't know. If, you, if I think you might find it halfway interesting, I will maybe issue it as part of a podcast. I'm in Steel City, S-T-E-E-L-E-C-I-T-Y. 